Hey everybody, welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I'm the Executive Director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything related to transformation in the church. And I am here with Mary and Nick and Deacon Steve, everybody. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Yeah, on behalf of all of us, we just want to wish a, a very special uh, and glorious and grace-filled Easter to you. Especially want to thank those of you who uh, make it a point to regularly pray for us and uh, support us in different ways. We are uh, beyond indebted uh, to all of you, yeah. aren't we, guys? Absolutely. Nick, we got a special topic and a new thing we're trying today. What is it? Yeah, so, so today's topic is going to be death has been destroyed. That's good news. Um, and this is, this is kind of fun, right? We're trying something new. Um, today is both like a video and podcast. So if you're listening to this and hearing this on podcast, you could sign on to our YouTube page and see this on video. Oh, so stop right now, go to the YouTube page and watch. That's right. Unless oh, you're driving. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you could, um, uh, if you're watching this on video, you could listen to this on podcast. So if so, they don't want to look at us anymore, so they can just like forget <laughs> this and go right to the podcast yeah, so page. You're pretty tired of my voice. <laughs> I'm back. That's what I feel like saying. Or my now. face. <laughs> yeah. So so you can you can listen on either channel, and um, hopefully we'll start doing some more of these videos. But with that said, Father John, you, we have a we we believe you have a word to share with everybody about Easter. So please pray us in and take yeah, it away. Yeah, let's do that, shall we? In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Father, in these uh, glorious days which have just begun, we want to give you thanks and praise for the gift of your Son, for uh, all that he has accomplished for us by his passion, death, and glorious resurrection from the dead. We ask for uh, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us now in our uh, reflection on what it is that he's done for us and that these days which have begun would continue to be times in which we understand more fully what's happened, and that you help us to celebrate it as we should. And especially we ask for your grace to be upon those of us who find ourselves right now grieving the loss of loved ones. That what we're about to do might be a a means to temper that grief with great hope. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so Nick mentioned uh, today's kind of like show and tell. So what we thought we'd do, and we thought this would be the most fitting uh, way to begin a a video podcast, if you will, I'm not even sure if that's the right word, but was to reflect on this particular icon, which, uh, of course, if you're on podcast, you can't see. That's why you want to watch it. Uh, But even if you can't uh, access the, uh, the video version of what we're doing, just try to click into whatever search browser you use, the word Anastasis, A N A S. T-A-S-I-S. It's the Greek word for resurrection. And much like uh, in the Western church, we tend to focus our attention on the passion of Jesus and his crucifixion. Our Eastern brothers and sisters tend to focus on this icon. Uh, And all the more so in these 50 days of Easter that we've just entered into. So hopefully, first of all, we just know that we celebrated Lent for 40 days, and Easter is 10 days longer than that. Easter is a 50-day celebration, and actually Easter Day is actually eight days long. And one of the things the church is trying to teach us to do is to celebrate. And quite honestly, we don't know how to celebrate very well. So the church is our mother, and she's guiding us, her children, into a deeper understanding of what it means to be genuinely human, You can't possibly celebrate in a day, let alone in an hour, if you went to Mass on Easter Sunday, 
all that has been done for us by Jesus' resurrection from the dead. And, and this icon helps us understand a little bit more deeply just one effect of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And that one effect in a particular way is the destruction of death, which is extraordinary news, not ordinary news, right? So perhaps we know, maybe we don't, that uh, for the Eastern Church, icons are like a sacrament. So uh, it's not a picture. It's, it's actually a means by which we enter into the mystery. So in praying in front of an icon, we're asking the Spirit to help us reflect upon the mystery that we're celebrating or that we're looking at uh, in the icon that we're, we're praying with. So this particular icon is an icon of the resurrection, and it's rich with meaning. So we see Jesus in the center of it. He's got the, the cross in his hands. That's the means by which he triumphed over Satan and sin and death. And then he's standing on somebody who's bound. That's Satan. Jesus said in the Gospels that he has come to bind the strong man, huh? that he's come to assail him so that we, who were held captive by him, could be rescued and go free. So underneath Jesus' feet is the enemy who's bound and chained. And the gates of hell are shattered right at Jesus' feet. And then he's calling or he's pulling in his hands a series of people. Um, and, and these vary in different depictions of the icon of the resurrection. It's almost always Adam and Eve. And then it's usually, in addition, uh, David, Solomon, Abraham, Moses, sometimes John the Baptist. But the idea is that what's going on in this icon is Jesus has invaded hell and he's liberating it. It's often known as the harrowing of hell, right? We, we say in the creed on uh, Sundays that he has descended into hell. And that means many things, but one of the things it means is that he's descended for the purpose of liberating it. So that's what this is depicting here. And the reason why this icon seems to be so fitting right now, especially given all that's going on and has gone on in this past year. A year ago, we weren't able to go to Easter Sunday Mass. What a bizarre year, right? I mean, the Triduum I celebrated with the pastor I live with, and it was just the two of us. You know, needless to say, there were no baptisms. There was no Palm Sunday procession. Uh, there was no Good Friday observances for all of us. We were all in our homes. And of course, over this last year, many of us have buried loved ones. And, and even if we haven't buried loved ones, the country that we're living in and the world that we're living in seems to be somewhere between preoccupied with and panicked or paralyzed by the fear of death. And one of the effects of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is that death has been destroyed. Which means what? It doesn't mean that we don't die anymore. Obviously, we're still going to die. But it can't hold me anymore. And it can't hold me anymore or those that I love anymore because of what Jesus has done. It's not just like magically um, not going to be uh, something that clings to me. It has no sting anymore because of what it is that Jesus has accomplished and so one of the passages we just want to encourage us all to reflect on is from the letter to the Hebrews. So in Hebrews chapter 2, the author says this, Since therefore the children, that's us, share in flesh and blood, 
he himself, that's the Lord, likewise partook of the same nature that through death, that is through Jesus's going to the cross willingly for us. Remember, nobody takes his life from him. You can't kill God. The only way Jesus can die is he has to willingly lay his life down. Through death, he might destroy him who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong bondage. And that's seemingly the whole culture right now is held bound by the fear of death. And the, the Christian proclamation, the Easter proclamation is death ha can't hold me. It doesn't win. Jesus has trampled it. Paul says in his letter to, um, to Timothy or to Titus, I forget which one right now, they both begin with a T and an I, he has abolished death. Like that's extraordinary, right? Like death just no longer has any hold on me. That's true. And therefore, yes, it's going to happen but I don't have to be paralyzed by it. And many of us right now are acting as though we are paralyzed by it. But I'm also thinking right now in a special way of countless people, very particular people are in my mind, and I'm sure in, in all of your minds too, who are right now at this very moment grieving. I'm thinking of two women right now who are in the process of burying their husbands in this week. And Paul says in his first, uh, first letter to the Thessalonians, we would not have you ignorant, brothers and sisters, concerning those who are asleep, that is to say, who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Not so that you wouldn't grieve, that's absurd, but that so you wouldn't grieve like those who have no hope. Who are those people? Those are people who don't know what's happened. See, everybody grieves. Some people grieve with no hope. Those are those who don't know Jesus. Those of us who understand one of the things that we're celebrating today, understand that I can grieve, in my case, I'm grieving my mom, my dad, my brother, and countless friends and family members besides them. But I can grieve knowing with absolute certainty I am going to see them again. Why? Because of what's happened this day, which is still today, it's still Easter day, if this is Monday and you're listening to it. For since we believe, Paul continues, that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the archangel's call and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord and with one another. Therefore, Paul says, comfort one another with these words. There's a lot in that passage. It's just that last line that we feel like the Lord wants to, to reinforce and massage into our, our spirits and our minds right now. Comfort one another with these words. For those of us who are grieving the loss of loved ones right now, you will see them 
again, and you will see them again because Jesus is Lord and he has crushed the power of death and it cannot hold either us or those that we love. That, brothers and sisters, is extraordinarily good news. And there's just one more thing about this icon that's worth noting. So Jesus is extending his hand and he's pulling Adam and Eve and all those who are held uh, bound in hell out of captivity. And because the, the icon is a means by which we can enter deeply into the mystery, we think that one of the things the Lord wants to do is he wants to extend his hand right now to each of us, wherever we find ourselves. There isn't a one of us right now who isn't in some kind of pit, some sort of hellish experience, some place where we're, we're experiencing death. Might be, might be our own physical health, might be the health of a loved one, might be the concern of a, of a child or a spouse or another family member who's away from the faith. Whatever it might be, it might be a sense that I'm stuck in some sort of addiction, whatever the case might be. The Lord is extending his hand to me and to you right now. And he's saying, not even grab my hand, just let me grab you. Like we don't even have to do anything except let him grab us and pull us out of that pit. That place of darkness, that place of shame, that place of bondage, that place of addiction, that place of sorrow that's kind of crushing us in a way that's grieving without hope. Wherever you might find yourself right now on this day, the day when Jesus triumphed over Satan's sin and death, just hear and see that the Lord is extending his hand saying, let me grab you. And with all the power that is in me, which is to say the power of the one who made a universe that's 46 billion light years across, let me pull you out of there and let you experience this day as I do that, the joy that I have come to restore to you. Today is a day in which sadness is forbidden because death and sin and Satan have lost their sting. And I have nothing to be afraid of because my life, your life, are in the hands of the God who out of love for us, not only went to the cross, but entered into hell and bound the strong man. And because all of this is true, do not be afraid. God is with you. And you were born for this. Mm -hmm.